the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Hey, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast. It's the man they call Dave. It's Chef Rooney. All right, everybody, we're back. We're going to talk some UFC 279, a little bit of UFC in Paris. Chevy, what do we got coming up in the next few weeks? September 17th, we are previewing UFC Fight Night, Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yedong. And then September 24th, there are no UFC fights, so we'll be previewing Bellator 285, Henderson versus Queeley. We might figure out something else. And then October 1st, we'll be previewing UFC Fight Night, Mackenzie Dern versus Jan. And I don't know how to pronounce her last name because it's Chinese, but I'm going to say Zenoin. And I'm, I'll have to find a clip of Anik pronouncing it properly for next week. Oh, man. We all we all need that here. That's not enough for me. But <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into this past week's car, which I did not see, but you saw. So we'll I'll talk about that a little bit. But we keep bringing it up a little bit, but I guess it's official now. Anderson Silva and Jake Paul. I did not. Did they did they officially announce the weight class? Is it going to be 185? I didn't see if that was announced officially. I know that's what the talks were, which benefits Anderson for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I think because Paul's kind of a big guy. Right. I, I assume he walks around, you know, a little bit north of 200 pounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he would have to actually cut down, whereas, you know, he's been fighting these smaller guys at, around his weight. So this is a big ask from Jake Paul. You know, he's fighting, you know, the spider, one of the arguably the greatest MMA striker of all time and Anderson Silva and... Yeah, he he's looked fantastic in his boxing as well. So, I mean, he beat 50 and three former champion Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. 
Yeah, and anybody else that's come across him, Anderson's just been wiping out like Tito Ortiz. So he's doing what he should do in those situations, basically. Right, so, he embarrassed Tito. Like, that wasn't even a boxing match. No, I've been very impressed with Anderson on his feet. And I, this might be the first time I get to – I'm going to watch a Jake Paul fight. I've avoided these guys, but – I am interested just because I feel like Jake Paul has shown he can box against people that are granted mostly MMA fighters, high level athletes, but not, you know, boxers. This will be the first boxer because Anderson is a guy who has boxing skills, as we discussed now, really good boxing skills, older. But I just feel like the matchup is interesting. So I'm like, okay, and you're both big names in your own way. Anderson, a big name in MMA, Jake Paul, big name social media wise, obviously. So, yeah. Fuck it. I'm down for this spectacle. There's enough interest, you know, where I'm like, okay, this seems like it could be a competitive fight. Or at the very least, I mean, Anderson could fucking kill him, too. I could see Anderson just totally knocking him out. Or, you know, Jake, if he is putting that work in and catches Anderson and he is a big fight and he balloons up, you never know. So I'm like, all right, there's enough intrigue and the, the, the fight's in doubt for me. What level of respect are you giving Jake Paul, let's say, hypothetically, if he beats Anderson? Not not even a knockout. If it, Let's say he beats him in a decision, which I think would be arguably even harder for Jake because we know Anderson has the cardio this is an eight round fight so it's not you know a full 12 rounds or anything but eight rounds is a long time in a boxing ring so you know let's let's just say he he wins by decision he doesn't even knock out anderson what, cap- what level of respect are you going to give him put a little caveat on that let's say he wins a decision that we all mostly think right yep it's boxing <laughs> that is a good caveat he can yeah. literally get the shit beat out of from all those yeah. rounds and somehow yep. win. No. Yeah, that's interesting. So I've thought about that. I'm going to have to respect him as basically, I already respect him as an athlete. Yeah, I'm just going to have to respect that he is, it's tough to say where you're going to rank him like this too, because Andrew Would you say is most certainly a fighter at that point? Like, do you think, you think the fight community would, uh, would call him a fighter if he beats an Anderson Silva in boxing? I don't know. They're judgmental pricks. I can't see that. It's true. It's true. It's, it's a hard group to win over. It's a hard group to win over. Yeah, it's hard to win over when you're actually a quality <laughs> and you're yeah. actually in real fight. So it's, this guy's got even a tougher road. I don't know. It's, he's always going to be hard to rank until he actually starts beating like top 10 boxers in the world. I don't know if that's ever going to happen because he's so late in the game. But I will say that I will even more respect the athletic ability and the work ethic of Jake Paul. Because clearly he's got the talent and he's got the work ethic to be making this kind of strides. How far it goes, we'll see. I'll tell you this. If he beats Anderson and knocks him out, there's a good chance he could get the Connor fight at some point too. If Con- if the UFC lets Connor do it. And they might not have a choice. I think the Nate fight is coming before yeah, that. I could yeah. see Nate doing it and I could see Connor doing it. It's just going to piss off Dana because he's going to have a bunch of questions from MMA journalists asking him about Jake Paul that he doesn't want to do. And this guy is going to basically embarrass a lot of the MMA community. And I think that's what pisses people off because it shouldn't really embarrass the MMA community because he's not beating them in an MMA fight. But we know right. that mom, pa, middle America next door who doesn't watch MMA, like, ah, he got his ass kicked. So it must yeah. be. Jake Paul's the man, right? It's like, no, it's not how this works. But at the same time, it's hard to discredit that these guys, even though they're not boxers, they're still great fighters who have quality striking. And right. Jake Paul is putting enough in his on his resume and his work to be able to beat some of these guys. I mean, yeah. not just beat them. He's knocked them out, flatlined them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's... 
very impressive. I would say I think that if Jake even survives the fight and makes it to decision with Anderson, I'm ready to call him a fighter. You know, that'll win my respect because Anderson's so good. He's going to put Jake in the matrix. He's going to see things he's never seen before. Anderson's going to play mind games with him. You know, Jake's, this is such a huge step up in competition. And I really respect Jake for, you know, taking this fight because he doesn't have to do this. He can pick and choose his fights and, you know, his team knows the easiest path to make the most money or whatever. Anderson is not anywhere on that easy path. So I would respect him for sure, even if he makes it, you know, if he puts in a good showing against Anderson, if he knocks out Anderson Silva or beats him in a decision, I mean, I think I'm on the Jake Paul bandwagon at that point, you know, and mm-hmm. I know our friend Kearney Usada will probably murder me in my sleep or something for saying that. But I just think at this point, we have to show him a certain level of respect, you know, just for taking the fight. And I'll be very impressed if he survives. If here's the thing, if he beats Anderson Silva, I don't really want to see him with any other MMA fighters boxing there no. because you, you beat one of the top MMA boxers in your weight class. I mean, the only other guys you're going to be able to box are like what Francis Nagano if he gets out of there as a free agent. That's that's a bad idea, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I don't know how good your boxing skills are, but you're going to have to be able to not get hit at all. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, I think you know. I mean, I would watch the Connor and the Nate fights because both guys have great striking. I mean, Nate is a great boxer in his own right. Arguably, he would do better in boxing than he has done in MMA, I think. But, you know, I would watch those two. But I think you're right. Anderson is really the tipping point for him to pursue it as an actual career, you know, boxing to try to make it to a title in some capacity. Yeah, maybe Tommy Fury could be after this. Try yeah, to maybe. That, you know? and, and I don't know. I don't know how good Tommy Fury is in the big scheme of things but you know we'll see yeah what where do we go tommy fury nate diaz conor mcgregor i mean you know i don't know you know at some point you're gonna also have to face like it's i respect you but at some point you're gonna have to actually face if this is going to continue a top 15 top 10 top 20 boxer right how does that work out well he has only been boxing for four years so or Or something like that. So I think, you know, he's definitely been on a fast track for sure. You know, I don't want to be the Jake Paul champion on this show. But, you know, to play devil's advocate, he he has been coming along at a very brisk pace in the terms of boxing. Because in boxing, you get brought along. They feed you cans with different styles, you know, so that you get to see all these different styles. And they're all absolutely 100% winnable fights. And Jake Paul hasn't been, not every fight, you know, I would say that Nate Robinson fight, that's a 100% winnable fight. But, you know, Ben Askren, I know he didn't look like it, but he is a world-class athlete. Tyron Woodley, brutally powerful puncher, also didn't look like it in his fight, but... And the improvement. Yeah, and he's looked better, yeah. You know, Woodley caught him in that first fight. Yeah. And then the second fight, Woodley got flatlined. So, you know, there is a continuous improvement and it shows this guy's work out, which I mean, we talked about with Logan Paul on the wrestling front. You know, we saw Logan Paul wasn't maybe doing as well in the boxing as Jake, but, you know, I mean, you know, he talks about fighting Floyd Mayweather. I don't know what that was, but whatever, (laughs) you know, but like still, there's a certain amount of work ethic. I'm getting to the point where I question some of these Floyd fights, but it's whatever. But like you look at the work he's putting out as like a pro wrestler. Like he, you got to see it firsthand. Like he's showing some athletic ability. He's clearly working. I watched an interview with him afterwards 
where he talked about that jump he made on the table. And he said, I honestly thought I, my life is going too good. I'm going to break both my femurs and this is not going to work. Fuck it. And so I, in that moment, I'm like, okay, this guy is, you know, for like, but he's got his, he's wanting to put his balls on the line. He's going to work hard. And Jake obviously has that too. And he's putting it towards boxing. And it's like, so yeah, I mean, I don't want, I'm not really the hater on these guys that I once was. I, they've kind of grown on me. I respect what they do. I respect their work ethic. It's not all for me, but at the same time, I kind of, I have to say, you know, I watched Triple H2 on Logan's show and just listening to the way they talk. Some of it, again, is a little too, I don't know. There's just something that rubs me the wrong way sometimes about it. But then there's stuff where it's like, yeah, no, okay, these guys are all going out there and busting their ass to be successful too, though. And they're just hanging out with their friends. and There's like really nothing wrong with that. So that's what we're hoping to do someday. (laughs) They they make it a bit more of a spectacle you yeah. know, and less of a, a, a real sport than, you know, a lot of us hardcore fans would like to see. But right. like you said, you know, they're not, you know, just showing up and, uh, you know, going out there. They're putting in the work and yeah. that's commendable for sure. Right. Now, are they picking fights that are winnable? Yes. Oh, absolutely. But they're also at his level. They should be losable, too. And yeah, he's not right. Yeah, it's an intriguing uh, matchup, basically, is what we're trying to say. You know, I didn't think we're Jake Paul for taking it. Yeah, yeah. but it's got to suck it. I don't actually. I don't even want to go too far into this Paris card. I'd like to get your opinions on the main event and co-main event, but I'll ask you beforehand. Maybe the opener too, Nathaniel Wood, Charles. But like any other fights you want to talk about specifically? Yeah, the Gomez and Aaron's fight that was early on in the main card. That we didn't know either about either fighter. That was actually a very good fight. It was very back and forth. And I just wanted to give them a little bit of a shot. I think both guys proved they are UFC caliber. And they put on a great fight. And I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for them in future, you know, fight night main events and all that. I think they have a fairly bright future. So I'm looking forward to those ones. I will ask you about another guy, actually, because I heard he had a really quick knockout. He got a bonus. Abbas Magomedov. Abbas Magomedov. I don't know if I watched that fight. Was that early, early on? It was actually the main event of the preliminary card. He TKO'd, Dustin. It was a front kick. I don't think I caught that one. I was in and out, too, but. The, okay. the main the main card I was all there for, but okay, yeah, I missed uh, the front kick knockout. Oh darn! Yeah, you did. yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. That's why I was wondering. What about Nathaniel Wood? How did uh, I think you were telling me he was impressive? Yeah, so you know we had both picked Jordan to win this because <laughs> he had looked so great lately, and Nathaniel Wood was coming up. You know, he had one fight at featherweight, but had fought at bantamweight before that. And, you know, he really just put on a clinic. He was way too fast for Jordan. His boxing looked really crisp. Now, I don't want to take too much away from Nathaniel Wood, but I personally thought that Jordan looked like he was having a very off night. Just, I mean, he landed some stuff. It was a little bit back and forth, but he couldn't get anything going like he normally would. But much respected Nathaniel Wood. I think featherweight's the right option for him. He looked great. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, you know, featherweight's an interesting division too. So we'll see what'll be next with him. All right, let's, well, you did want to talk about this Buckley fight too, right? Yeah, Nazardine and Mayov versus Joaquin Buckley. There was some heat between them going into it as there are with most of Buckley's fights because he's loud before fights. So he talked a bunch of shit to Nazardine. Nazardine basically outclassed him for the first two rounds and then he got tired. So he, he needs to work on his cardio for sure. He definitely should have finished Buckley on the ground 
in my opinion, you know, what do I know? I don't know anything. I'm not a fighter, but he had his back for long periods of time. He just couldn't lock the choke in. He got his, his arm under the chin multiple times and couldn't lock in the choke. So I assume he's probably going to be trying to work on that. But first big test for Joaquin Buckley, and I don't think his stock goes down too much. He was just a little bit outside the range of his shots and he couldn't get inside. So he looked good, but Nazardine is the real deal. Absolutely. Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori. Yeah, so I thought this fight was going to be much closer than it was, but Bobby Knuckles, our friend Robert Whitaker, for sure solidified his spot as the number two guy in the division right behind Stylebender. Is a masterful performance, really, on his part. His ability to manage distance and be just outside of Marvin's punching range, so he's in perfect position to counter. It, w- it was very hard for Marvin to deal with. So Waker looked great, super nice guy. You know, Marvin's still getting better, but I don't think his stock's going to go down too much with this loss because he had a pretty good showing. He just he just couldn't get his hands on Whitaker. I think he needs to change up his style a little bit, maybe incorporate a little bit. A lot more feints may have helped him get inside and get Robert reaching for him. Or, you know, he needs to work on uh, some lighter Dominic Cruz footwork because Marvin just was kind of stomping forward into, you know, shots, unfortunately for him. So he looked all right, but Bobby Knuckles is the man for sure. Yeah, and I don't know what's going to be next for Whitaker because he's basically beating everybody that's not style better at this point. He talked about maybe going up to light heavyweight. So we know he used to fight at welterweight and he looked good there, but he's looked a world beater, obviously, at middleweight. I wonder if he would be a little bit more wrestling heavy or if his speed would carry him through at light heavyweight. I mean, I'd be interested to watch him up there for sure. And in the main event, Ciro gone, tied to Avasa. Vasa almost caught him. <laughs> he did oh, catch yeah. Him. Got me out of my chair for sure. And yeah, I wanted so badly for Ty to win, but Gon did not make the fight as boring as I thought that he would for sure. I mean, a lot of that is up to Ty, you know, continuing to march forward. But, and Gon did, he was landing the one shot and then circling away that I said he was doing, but he was doing damage with that one shot. It was that teep kick to Ty's belly. And he hurt him with that a few times. You know, he landed that nasty head kick on Ty right to his chin. Uh, the same shot that Edwards knocked out Usman with a few weeks ago. But, you know, Ty pretended to wobble. I don't know if he pretended or if he was actually wobbled, but he was trying to draw Gone in and he tried to land a huge overhand right. He didn't land, but, you know, Ty did his best. Put on a pretty good performance. Guy's super tough. He's always game for sure. But I think Gon is just a real problem for the division, for sure, matchup-wise with his athletic ability. But with that being said, Francis did put out a blueprint to beat Gon, and that's wrestling. Francis is not some world-class wrestler by any means, so like a Curtis Blades or a John Jones is going to eat up Gon, I think, personally. Well, yeah, so Curtis Blades, do you think Curtis Blades, you favor him in that matchup then? Absolutely. I think Curtis's stand-up has looked better. There's no way that, you know, Gon is going to be able, he might fight off one takedown or two takedowns, but eventually he's going to get taken down. And if he looks the way he did in that Nganu fight, there's no way he's getting up. Blades will finish him on the ground for sure. Interesting. I do wonder. I think matchup-wise, it's just a very bad matchup for him. If Nganu resigns with the UFC, at some point, do we get a Blades-Nganu rematch at some point? Right. You know, (laughs) I know that he's beaten him twice, 
you know, the first one was a doctor stoppage where Francis was getting tired, mm -hmm. you know, but Blades, you know, the doctor stopped it because he had a bad cut. And then the second one, he just got clipped in like the first 30 seconds. You know, he flew all the way to China to get knocked out in the first 30 seconds. You know, so that could happen to anyone, especially when you're fighting Francis. So I still really think that that Blades can be champion and can beat Francis in a fight. So we'll see. I'd be down to watch a third one for sure. Yeah, me too. I think interesting. I'd like to see Whitaker and Stylebender maybe fight again someday, but I'm also excited about Whitaker possibly a light heavyweight too. Mm -hmm. All right, UFC 279. Before we get to the main card, any fights on your radar? Yeah, on the prelims, keep an eye out for Jake Collier versus Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett is, he's the guy that wheel kicked Gian Vellante, who, mm -hmm. but he's, you know, about five five or some some shit like that so super impressive chris collier he all or i'm sorry jake collier he always wins one and then loses one that for like the last 20 fights he's had and he's due to win one though so i would bet money on him for sure and then also uh hakeem duadu versus julian arosa both guys have exciting techniques you know both are finishers i would go for julian in that for sure he just has more ways to get it done i think but those are a couple of fights on the prelims to keep an eye out for absolutely and then the first fight on our main card Ian kudalaba versus johnny walker Kudalaba is 12 KOs. He's got two subs, two decisions. I've got to get his actual record. It's Bush League here, folks. 16, 7, and 1. All right. And he's taking on Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, 18, 7, 15 KOs, two subs, one decision. Johnny Walker was just the guy who came in on fire. He was getting all kinds of bonuses. And now people kind of figured him out. He's had some injuries. Kudalaba is a guy to me, too, that, like, he's kind of become just this, like, just want to stand and beg. So for that reason, I could see Walker pulling this off because this is what they like to do. But I feel like Kudalaba has a little bit better skill. I'm going to favor him, but this could go either way. I'll go Kudalaba, and I'm going to say this is going to go round one because I think it's going to just be fireworks. Yeah, neither guy has looked very good as of late. And both guys need a win badly, but I think Walker needs it even more for sure. So I agree with you. I think Kudalabra is willing to get in a firefight. I think that favors Johnny Walker with his size and speed and power. So I'm going to go with Johnny Walker via round one. He's going to get back on track here. All right. Let's see how it goes. Irene Adana versus Macy Chazan. Yeah, Chazan. Chazan. Uh, uh, Macy's eight and two. She got two KOs, two subs, four decisions. Adana, 13 and six, seven KOs, three subs, three decisions. I don't think this is going to be a finished fight where we have a finish, probably. Man, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Macy in this one, but it's just more my gut talking. What do you think? I like both girls, and I think Macy's super well rounded, but I think Aldana has been looking really good as of late. So I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say that she flatlines Macy in round one. Like, oh, wow. real, like real early. This next fight, talking about flatline, <laughs> will be very interesting because we got Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez has won his last three fights in a row. He's 16-2. and two. He's got eight KOs, four, four subs, four decisions. So he's a guy that can get it done. And then we got Kevin Holland, 23-7-1, 13 KOs, six subs, four decisions. He's looked great in his last couple fights like just a complete different fighter guy that likes to keep busy 
man, this is another super competitive fight. I was really happy when I saw this fight was on this card. I like Kevin Holland. He's a sensitive favorite for me always anyway. I'll say he gets it done with a sub too. I'm going to go round three. I don't think we're going to see too many takedown attempts in this fight based on the fact that D-Rod has no interest in going to the ground. And I think if nobody tries to take Holland down, he's not going to go for a lot of takedowns, especially if somebody's going to try to pressure him. That kind of plays into his game, creative counter striking. So, you know, D-Rod has the super crisp boxing. I'm having a really hard time picking this one, but I think I'm going to go with Rodriguez in a decision win. I think it'll be very close. I would not be surprised if either guy clipped each other or if, you know, it does go to the ground, I would favor Holland to choke him out for sure. But I'm going to go with D-Rod by decision. Will this be your favorite fight of the weekend? No, I think the next fight actually will be my favorite fight. All right, Randy, we're, we're, we're getting there, buddy. Tony Ferguson, 15 and 7, 12 KOs, 8 subs, 5 decisions. Tony's a legend, ultimate fighter, winner, six times fight of the night, tremendous winning streak in the past, but man, he's he's hit some hard times. He's lost about, what's it, like three, four in a row he's lost now. That last one was a head kick, and he got kicked in the face, knocked out brutally. And then we got Lee Jing Ling, 19 and 7, 10 KOs, 4 subs, 5 decisions. He looked really good in his last fight. Does the leech get it done or does Tony get back in the winner's circle at welterweight? So I know Ferguson has looked slower and older in his last few fights and Jing Ling is a monster, but I think the move up is going to be good for Tony. Those knockouts can be attributed to weight cutting, you know, possibly. And it, the older you get, the harder it is to cut that weight for sure. And as far as matchup, I think if it goes to the ground, Tony is far superior on the ground he ties jingling up in knots or he cuts him up with elbows you know he has multiple ways to win on the ground but i think even on the feet tony's without having to cut that weight if he can keep the speed you know we know how creative he is if he can keep that speed and get a little bit more power he could knock out jingling as as well so I think the leech might be in for a long night i don't i'm not ready to give up on el kakui yet i don't think he's done so I'm going to go with either a submission or a TKO in round three. I wish this was a five-round fight. I wish every Tony Ferguson fight was a five-round fight because I think that favors him. But I'm going to say round three, Tony. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to go Tony round three, but I'm, I'm going to say definitely submission. Okay, He gets it done. All right. Final fight. Randy's asking. Randy, I was going to ask it in the comments. Does Nate Diaz win? We'll get there. 20 and 13, five KOs, 11 subs, four decisions. Ultimate five fighter, ultimate fighter five winner. Fight of the night eight times. Nate Diaz is a legend. When you think about some of these statistics, like he's definitely a Hall of Fame career. Hazmat Jamayev, 11-0, six KOs, four subs, one decision. Jamayev is bigger. He's stronger. He's got a style that's tough for Nate to deal with. No, Randy. Nate does not get it done, in my opinion. Their odds are right. Hazmat's going to ragdoll him, and I think he's going to finish him in round one. So my brain tells me uh, that that's what is true uh, to agree with you. And that that's probably if I was going to bet money, what I would bet money on. But, you know, as a any of our listeners know, I'm not the biggest Nate Diaz fan for sure. You know, I think he's overrated, but he's a great fighter. He has a great attitude, but I would love for him to survive the onslaught that is Kimaev in the first two you know maybe three rounds 
We saw that Hazmat could have some cardio issues in that Gilbert Burns fight. And we know Nate's not going to have any cardio issues and he only gets better as the fight goes on. And he's durable. We're going to see how durable in this fight for sure. I would just love that if, you know, he tires him out, tires Hazmat out, TKOs him in round four or five, gets to the post-fight interview, says, fuck the UFC, walks out of the octagon, goes and fights Jake Paul and beats the shit out of him. That's what my, you know, my dream scenario for Nate Diaz is. With well, that being said, I'm going Hazmat round one KO. Well, here's the thing. If it's going to happen, I think Hazmat's going to beat him first round. But if Nate has a shot, it's going to be round five. <laughs> it's going to be like a TKO or something too. Or yeah, It's I mean, going to be a comeback from some ass whooping, you know, yeah. Yeah. Hazmat's going to get tired from beating Nate's ass. Yeah. yeah. It's a possibility. It's very possible. He's super uh, durable. Got that condition in place. Yes, Randy. We were talking about that beginning of the show. Jake Paul was fighting Anderson Silva. We talked about the first 15 minutes of that. So check yeah. out the first 15 minutes because we, we definitely donated some time to that today. We were very mm-hmm. interested in that. And we both think that's the best fight Jake Paul's been in. Looking forward to your C279 this weekend. I think this is going to be a fun card. I like the Holland Rodriguez fight. I like Ferguson and the Leech. And hey, there's definitely at least going to be a spectacle, I think, one way or other, Chimaev and Diaz. Yeah, I was talking shit about this card when we were bringing it up in the you know upcoming schedule for a long time, but it really filled out. And this is an excellent card. Very fun fights on here. Great matchups for sure. Yeah. Surprise me. I'm happy. Yeah. All right. Hit us one more time. What we got? September 17th, UFC Fight Night, Corey Sandhanga versus Song Yudong. Then September 24th, we're going to be previewing Bellator 285 Henderson versus Queeley. And, you know, we might come up with something else for you guys. And then October 1st, UFC Fight Night, Dern versus Zion and Jan. I just call her Jan. Yeah, it is. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in the Combat Cast. We appreciate the love and support. We're growing. Getting those subs up. so Appreciate uh, it, for sure. Yeah, help us out. Sub to us if you haven't already. Recommend us to a friend. We could always use the help. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the love. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 